Thank God um, many of the teams saw value in what we did on year one, that we were really a pioneer of profit sharing with teams where every single body that participated got a percentage of the total pot. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the great Frank Papalizio, head coach and founder of Journeyman Wrestling. Frank is one of the innovators in wrestling, and this year, Journeyman is putting on the second annual collegiate duels taking place December 19th through the 20th in New Orleans. Some of the best and biggest names in college wrestling will be there. Please support the Journeyman Collegiate Duels by buying a pay-per-view subscription on Rockfin. Again, that's taking place December 19th through the 20th. Fan of the week goes to our friend Joey. That's at Joey Rio on Twitter. 25 years old, Granger High School assistant coach, a longtime listener of this show. Joey, thank you so much for all the support, my friend. I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Beat the Street Chicago. You know, Chicago has a long history of wrestling, but over time, a lot of the wrestling moved from the city to the suburbs. And the city kids were left without resources, left without coaches, left without guides to show them how wrestling could ultimately change their life. Over the past few years, Beat the Street Chicago is bringing wrestling back to the city. They're now serving over 2,500 kids, and they're the largest youth organization in Illinois. Beat the Street Chicago is a proud sponsor of this podcast, and together, we're going to help impact as many Chicago City kids as possible so that they can say, wrestling changed my life. So now please donate to Beat the Street Chicago at btschicago.org slash donate. All donations given before November 29th will be matched by 100%. So please donate to Beat the Street Chicago, btschicago.org slash donate. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great Frank Papalizio. Frank Papalizio, how we doing, sir? Good, doing good. Doing good, I've been busier than hell. Man, every time I look up, you got a new event, a new... Camp tour, just I have never I've never seen someone who worked so hard. Yeah, I I think I needed a vacation without <laughs> without wrestling tied into it or or farming. <laughs> I need a vacation. <laughs> what kind of farming are you doing these days? 
We got, uh, we've been doing a lot of beef. Uh, Thanksgiving, we do Thanksgiving turkeys. Um, you'll hear the cows start yelling. They're out of hay right now. So I got to, <laughs> I got to feed them. But um, yeah, we do Thanksgiving turkeys. We do about a hundred of them. So uh, we raise organic turkeys and they're, they're getting ready to uh, see their maker. And you do all this or do you have someone else doing it for you? Um, I raise them. I don't do the processing. We we have a group of uh, Mennonites that are out in Hoosick Falls, New York, that that do the processing part. They do thousands of birds for Thanksgiving um, or leading up to Thanksgiving. And they do a great job. Fantastic. You specialize in it. Wow. What a what a niche market. Yeah, it's exactly. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I didn't know they existed, um, I was doing it. And I did it with a, a guy that has a farm just a couple couple miles away. And he does about 700 birds uh, a year. And I had, I had no idea how hard it was to find a processor. It was the first year I did it. And thank God for him because he saved me. Because I, I mean, I just wouldn't have had any idea how to, how to clean that many birds that fast. That's it's, a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a tough gig. You grow it's a these, huge number. Yeah. It's not even that. It's the fact that you build a relationship with the, with the animal and then you gotta, you know, you gotta end its life. So I never thought about that part of it. Uh, that's the worst <laughs> part. Of it. Uh, if, if you've ever done any farming and that part is the part that's, it's just difficult. I mean, you get somewhat uh, immune to it, but it's uh, you don't ever really get disconnected from it. And so your focus is on farming and wrestling. What's the, how do you divvy up the time? Does wrestling take up most of it? Wrestling takes out, uh, takes up a, a tremendous amount of time. And um, I don't really have um, employees. So I do have people that help me the day of, uh, when we when we produce an event, uh, so leading up to it gets very stressful. Uh, you're doing all aspects of planning, organizing, creating, marketing. It just becomes a it's a heavy lift. Um, so wrestling t is is everything, right? And and then from a work standpoint, and then you got family life. You got to have balance. Something I struggled with um, early on, probably my biggest struggle became obsessive about work. Um, not that I'm not now, but I've definitely balanced out. Did you have like a come to Jesus moment to change that? Yeah. With my wife. <laughs> she was Jesus. <laughs> what happened? Was it just years and years of going? Well, it just, you know, you got young people in your life, you know, your, your children that they're, they're only, you know, they're only that age for, a short period of time and you either are going to know them in the, in the proper way or you're not. And once the ship sails, it sails. And I, I listen, I still, I still struggle with it, but it's i uh, I'm, I'm way more in balance than, than I was, you know, earlier on. I, I mean, I, if I got to get up early when people are sleeping, then I do that. Mm -hmm. and if I got to stay up late while people are sleeping, then I do that. I'm a grinder. So I'm good at, uh, you know, that part of it where I can <clears throat> do some self induced suffering and, and not, not look like I'm, 
falling apart at the seams. I've been up uh, this morning. I got up at two. No, uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't plan on it, but my body woke up at two. And then I, I tried to go back to sleep. I worked for about an hour and then I went back for maybe an hour and a half. And then I got up at four forty five. I tried to go hunting because I'd like to do something fun, uh, at least in my world. Right. And then, uh, so I stayed in the woods till about eight o'clock in the morning. And then I've been working since I'm going to try to go back in and then I'll work again, you know? So <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know if people see that part of it. Not that, I mean, everybody look, everybody works. I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you I'm doing anything different than the next guy, but, I don't know if they realize how much planning and work is associated with something as you would look at as like, Hey, they're just going to do some duels next week over in, uh, over in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That should Mm -hmm. be pretty easy. doesn't work like that. Not the case. Now, before we get on to all the stuff you have coming up, what kind of things are you hunting for at four 30 in the morning? You're talking to someone who lives in Chicago city limits here. Well, I got up at four 30. By the time I get to my tree stand, it's, it's probably uh, 540 in the morning. It's blackout and you sit and wait for the sun to come up and you get in the woods before, you know, the deer start moving. Is this bow or is this gun? Yeah, it's bows. It's actually crossbow in New York state. Just had a crossbow season started. Crossbow. Really? So like the medieval crossbows? No, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're a little bit stronger than the, the medieval time period, but. Yeah, they. It is still, you know, obviously it's a it's a super powerful and accurate weapon. So do you know of like Cameron Haynes? You ever heard of that guy? No. He's a professional bow hunter and goes on. He has a podcast. Goes on a bunch of stuff, but he uh, opened up my eyes to how intense it is. Like he goes out there sleeping overnight, hiking, and really, I didn't realize how close you got to get to kill an animal with a bow compared yep. to a gun. Yep, and so. That's a whole nother level that those are the, the Mike Zaddix, the Bill Zaddix, um, Randy Couture and those guys, they, they get into it. Um, but they're, they're also hunting in the big open country. Right. And it's a whole different world. You, I mean, if you go see where Mike Zaddix hunts and, and what he does from a guiding standpoint, it'll, it'll make your head spin. I mean, really make your head spin. And at any given moment, you could have a major storm come in and and you're dealing with the adversity of being way out in the in the countryside. He he goes hard for the hunting, from what he I hear. Really hard. And he gets he gets everything from mountain lions to elk. You should have him on your show sometime. He he's a tremendous guy and um, he's very interesting. Yeah, I just uh, <clears throat> about a month ago, I was texting him to get him on. And he's like, I'd love to come on, but I have hunting guides until December. That's what I'm like. This guy takes it serious. No, it's a it's a way of life. I've actually we had the real fortune of going out with my family um, to visit Mike in his at his home. And it was, uh, you know, at first my wife was very concerned that we were going to intermix wrestling with vacation. And she knew Mike, but not not that well. Right. And tell you, it was uh, one of the best vacations we ever had. It was it was like the movie um, A River Runs Through It. Uh, It was 
literally like that, picturesque. Uh, he lives on the side of a river in remote Montana. Uh, there is very little cell service. Uh, the, the nearest store is about 30 miles away. Uh, so when you're when you're coming in, people make phone calls, say, do you need water? Do you need paper towels? I'll bring them up for you. Pull up some of that stuff. Uh, really like a, it's a lifestyle. And uh, my kids absolutely loved it. They loved it. So yeah, you guys I, like hiking, tenting, all that? Riding horses, spotting animals, carving things. Um, he's got a buddy that even car made a knife for us. But I mean, like sewing, uh, uh, sheathing for, uh, for your knifing, uh, just all kinds of good things. And then we ate moose. I mean, we fished. We did a lot of good things. Man, that sounds awesome. He's uh, yeah, he'll be on this <clears throat> this winter hopefully. And we just had uh, Bill on last week, which was great. And I think Mike's probably just a little more extreme than that. Great. I mean, I can't say enough. I'm a big fan. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, I can't say enough about you, man, putting, bringing the college jewels. Last year was the first year. I know you got a lot of stuff going on, but I want to, let's start with this. Year two for the college jewels. Was there ever any doubt you were going to do it again? Well, we had, uh, we had some competition. I think uh, some other people saw it and wanted to try to do it maybe slightly different. Lee and um, add their little, you know, twist to it. And so they, they went after it and tried to really take it away and um, essentially steal the idea. Uh, so we fought back. I fought back and I was pretty tenacious about, you know, year two and thank God um, many of the teams saw value in what we did on year one that we were, really a pioneer of profit sharing with teams. Um, I'm not saying it didn't exist before, but not in the same capacity where every single body that participated got a percentage of the total pot. So it's a different kind of creature, right? Um, when people support the event, they're directly supporting all those programs and college wrestling by default. Uh, and so that was different you know, and I think that the teams recognize that, realize that, and ultimately stayed the course. Many of them did. Some others, um, you know, I think um, just started looking in a different direction. Maybe didn't like the date as much as, uh, you know, once they thought about it and in, in, in their total prep for the season. So it is what it is. But we did, we managed to get to year two and we put together a solid field. Now that you look at some of the way things are shaking out with rankings and the and how the teams are developing, even though we're right out of the gate, but there's some good squads in there. Good Definitely. Squads. So how did it how did it bubble up to you that there's some another organization trying to do these duels? And it was this right after or over the summer? Like how did that happen? Started getting some uh, intelligence on it, um, probably starting in April you know, when they started organizing and trying to get um, some backing behind it too. And it was a legitimate, you know, it was legit. It was a, it was a fight. It's no different, you know, it's no different than anything uh, that we do in, in the world here that, 
you know, if it's a good idea, people are going to want to try to um, expand on it. And so you fought tooth and nail. We're back yeah. secured. You know, it's, I'm sure it just comes down to the relationships. And like you said, the, the uniqueness of the event, you mentioned the profit sharing. How does that work? Is it because it's through Rockfin and that's how you yeah. guys track it all? Yep. That's right. Pay-per-view and new subscriptions and things like that. There's a formula um, and the channel is unique. So every year it's a different channel that we've created so that it can be, it doesn't get co-mingled, but the teams that were a part of year one are still on the second year are still going to get a profit sharing check. It's just not going to be obviously as big because it, the residual diminishes as, as the, uh, the event ages. Mm -hmm. And it's in new Orleans this year. This year is new Orleans. And, uh, that that's a story in itself because if it weren't for the Rabinac family um, I think the fight would have been even a little bit harder but because they have such a great name Jim Rabinac specifically um, in wrestling you know if you if you look back he was the president of uh, USA Wrestling for for he had a, quite a tenure there and then he kind of stepped back a little bit and people may have forgotten the presence that this guy had um, he, he has such an impeccable reputation. And so when he heard about the duels, he wanted to be involved. He wanted it in his community. And so he reached out to me and was like, Hey, what do we got to do to get it down here? And I, I really didn't have, I was, um, indifferent really about going anywhere. I just knew it needed to be a neutral site. But as soon as I started to dig deeper into it, I realized he was really popular among many of the the college coaches and it it was a feather in our cap to when i say partner up it just going to louisiana and have his his um i guess him tied to it you know so we're in their neck of the woods and um we'll get to feel their flair it'll be cool because you know he was the guy behind gator wrestling club for all those That's years right. We supposedly, uh, I, from what I understand, at least right now, Daniel Cormier will be coming to town uh, for the event. You know, you look at a guy like Pendleton. He was attached to the Gator Club. You got uh, Scott, you know, Coleman Scott, UNC. He was attached to it. Schwab, Schwab had support from Ravenac as well. Um, you know, you start going going through the list. My brother Pat was connected you know, as well. Um, and it just keeps, you know, it keeps going and going. So um, it made sense, right? It made sense. And it's a warm weather place. And if folks are in the area, I know it's majority pay-per-view, but you can go and watch in person as well. Yeah, that's the, it's an event, right? It's a real event. Heck, the day before we have a high school segment, we have like Melvin Prep, we have Blair, uh, Lake Highland. Um, you know, there's five five total team CBAs coming in out of New Jersey. Um, you got um, uh, Green Farms Academy out of Connecticut. You got five squads that are going to do a round robin on the high school side. That'll happen on the uh, the 18th, and then the college fouls. But also on the 18th is the Saints versus the Falcons. And the, the stadium is right in the city of New Orleans. So 
right where we're doing the wrestling is right where they're doing the football. Uh, you know, people can make a real trip of it. And we're seeing that. Man, that's cool because I didn't realize that the high school duels were the day before. So like yep. in the same venue and everything or everything, same setup, same mats are down. We're going to do it on, you know, we're doing it on Rockfin, and, um, it's a great, you know, it's, and believe it or not, I get a lot of college coaches have been texting me like we're coming down to watch the duels. So they're probably going to do a little recruiting there, you know? Yeah. I, I believe it. I mean, look, I pulled up the schedule here. Like you said, Blair, Malvin prep, like Highland. I mean, some studs. Yep. So I could just see this growing into like a week long escapade of just awesome wrestling. I don't I mean, know if I can do a week. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just telling you, it's a lot to get through three days is, is going to be a, it's going to be a big burden, but yeah, I mean, that, that was the idea. Really. The idea was Willie Saylor to, to add a uh, high school portion of it. So I want to give credit where credit is due. He, he was the one where like, you know, this needs to evolve into this. So he did it. Well, when you're working with the big dogs, like the, like the division one programs that are coming, you know, the best programs in college wrestling, that's a whole nother level of professionalism that I'm sure they expect when they're going to something like this. Yep. It's, um, you know, they're, they're, those guys are the best of the best. And, and it's some, in some ways it's easier dealing with those guys, you know, and, but you can't be asleep at the wheel. You got to know, you know, you got to know that you're going into this thing. The priority has to be for the teams on the ground. For me, that's how I've always looked at it, whether it's um, how we structure weigh-ins or the fight, certain battles about where people can warm up. Um, those things are important by the time competition ends and what time do they have to make weight the next morning. Um, you know, can we delay it an extra hour so that, that stuff matters instead of walking getting up at six that athlete can get up at seven you may think of it like it's it's no big deal but it is when in its totality it all adds up and i've always tried to have the mind of a coach or be on look through their lens and i think that helps you know i really do i think it helps because you keep getting better and you get more efficient and it just adds to the professionalism of everything. And are you also running your club still, or have you focused to strictly events? Uh, I, we run a club as well. I'm still running it. Um, I, I'll give you a little piece of the pie here and tell you that we are looking to bring in somebody, um, actively looking to hire somebody as our head coach because they're still doing that and just burning. I, I feel like, in order to do it right and give these guys what they've had, which is um, everything, right? And and give them the proper guidance and to do it in a thorough capacity. I may be selling them short by putting so much time onto the event side. So we got, listen, I got Sean Miller is the best, got to be one of the best youth coaches in the country. Right. I got guys like Johnny Paris, who wrestled for my brother over at Binghamton. Dan Palmarino wrestled for Brockport. We got Robert Hamlin, two time NCA runner up uh, from Lehigh. That's just naming a few. Um, and these guys, by and large, do it for a small stipend. And we have great influence 
tremendous influence uh, with these guys. Um, and then there's several high school coaches, general high school coaches that are uh, that are doing it. Chris Capizzuti, Steve Carani. I mean, these guys, people, people end up knowing these guys because of our events, but they're really good coaches. Right. Um, and, and they're, they're worried about our area and, and having the opportunity to produce guys. We continuously produce division one guys, you know, statistics say you get less than 1% will go on to wrestle at the NCAA division one, less than a percent. It's 0.9. And every year we're, we're banging out a couple, uh, some years better than others. You know, we just came off of one of our best runs where we have guys like we had Poulin, Del Signor, um, you got Dorfman is in there and and uh, Sheldon now is at uh, Buffalo. Uh, these are guys that that have been with us for a really long, long time. Um, Harvard's got a heavyweight crooks came through at the same time. Stein's at UTC. Uh, these guys are starting to contribute, right? Um, and they just came out of our club. So statistically, we're beating the odds. But um, I can't do it alone. And I think it's time to bring in, um, and hopefully by the end of uh, this year, we'll we'll know who that is. And you looking for someone to be fresh out of college or previous coaching experience? I, I'm actually looking, um, we're interviewing a couple guys that have been coaching at the D1 level. So we're going to, we're going to make, hopefully it's a big jump. I mean, now the high school age level, you look at what some of these kids did at these opens last weekend, the high school level is so legit now that you look at the club coaching, what you guys are doing. I know you're working with middle scores as well, but it is the, the attention has never been higher and, and the need for these kids has never been more intense. That was, that was literally the commercial that I gave when talking to some of the coaches that I was recruiting to to interview right just like that just what you said it's never been more intense it's never been more um i don't look at it like a step down if anything it's it's a i think a greater opportunity you know things are changing and i think this is a it's a good opportunity well sean bormet when he took over overtime he was at wisconsin stepped away from being an assistant at wisconsin and led overtime and it was one of the, the best wrestling academies for the better part of a decade. And then he goes on, you know, does so well, he gets catapulted back to Michigan. I mean, it's like the academy scene is is super legit. Yep. That's exactly. And I, I also articulated that, that it may act as a catapult. Um, you, look, you got some, didn't Dresser come out of, um, as a high school coach, right? Um, Gooddale is another one. Uh, there's a few guys that have successfully, and you're going to talk about Bormet. Right. There's a few. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Green was he's a legend in, in the section four area, New York State. You know, you at one point, section four, the southern tier of New York was, was brutal to go over there. He had a shamrock club. Guys like Donnie Vincent were coming out of there and uh, Kyle Dake and they're torturing people. You know, just it was a torture chamber. <laughs> I was going to ask you to remind me of where, where you're at and where in relation to where the Shamrock club was at. Cause everyone talks about that club. Yep. So we're, we're in Albany, New York. Um, the Southern tier is about two hours away, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit further, two hours and change. But, um, you know, there's these pockets in the state 
that have had committed guys um, and they've done a really, really good job when you start looking around and producing the state as a whole. Uh, Long Island, you got like Volgar and Patrovich and Fatigliano, right? They Like these guys did really, really good stuff down on Long Island. And then, you know, so that they, they have their, their own world. And then, you know, you got beat the streets doing things with um, New York city. Uh, and then you go Albany area, right? Where that's where we live. And we'd like to think we're contributing. That's journeyman uh, and, country. Hell yeah. yeah. And then you got, you know, the Southern tier was, is another area. And then you got up North, like the guys up on the Canadian border were like Mitch, and uh john clark came from you know those, they had a there's a club in governor um bear that uh who wrestles at Bing binghamton his dad you know drive these guys all over god's creation and and you know it proves why not you you don't have to be from some place to to be great you know you can't get more rural they're on the canadian border um, they're they're on the other side of the you know the Adirondacks, which is like you know I don't know is it seven eight million uh, acres forever wild, you know you talk about talk about you know being in the middle of nowhere uh, and being able to produce those guys are a good example of that. But the state as a whole has got some really good characters. What about where Yanni's from? What, what part is, is that near Rochester area? What what yeah. is there like a club out there? Or? Yeah, called. Uh, Elias is the club. His dad. <laughs> <laughs> His dad would train uh, certain guys and and those that were tough enough to follow. I'm not going to speak for him, but he had a uh, a real knack at convincing people to suffer in a professional environment. And uh, he, I I would talk to him and get advice from him every chance I could. Um, he also is um, connected with with Volgar too. So they work in tandem with one another, but yeah, Yak Mahalis and, and crew were deadly. You talk about two legends coming through New York high school, Vito and Yanni. I mean, the fact that those guys are on the same team wrestled in high school, only one loss between the two of them, but like New York is crazy loaded when you think about all the talent coming through there. Yeah. There there's been, I mean, look, we're not as deep. That's the, that's the truth. Right. But there's the best guys over time could have been the best guys anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's an accurate statement. Heck, I look back in the fact that back in the day, I got um, nearly killed by uh, Troy Bazakis. Um, and that's a name that you hear now, right? The Bazakis kids that are coming through. And I remember dealing with that. How so? <laughs> torture torture chamber you know? <laughs> but he was he was so unbelievable the pace that he would wrestle at um again new york guy right we've we've had some of some of the real greats come piccinini is another one jansen you know i mean you you go nickerson through, yeah nickerson who coaches at northern colorado and steve-o you know you start you start going through the list and some of those some of those guys are really really awesome and then I was talking to Steve Silver recently for a, a documentary we're working on. And he, he reminded me that it used to be only the section champs that went to New York state, like yeah. 12 man, 16 man brackets. 
Yeah, so it would be, I think you would have, there's 11 sections, right? Long Island is broken up into two sections. So it's, there's 11 actual sections, and then they would invite the Catholic schools and the public schools. So cumulatively, you'd have 13 people in a 16-man bracket, and they would give buys. They didn't, they, there was no wild card. There was no other way to get into the tournament other than winning your section. And by default, I never, I never made it. I was second in the section. I lost to JP Epifanio, who, who was a, a stud and a half too. He was, he was a multiple time state place finisher, but he never got the opportunity to go. It's, it's done different now. And I mind you, it was a single class. So it was just one state champion, one, you know, one tournament, 13 guys per weight. It was very, very, um, Holy it was so an honor to be when you won it. And you know what was great? I'll tell you what. Guys like Frank Fraunhofer, who was a three-time New York State champion, and he's from one of the smallest schools in New York State. You know, Nick Gwizdowski's, well, well, you know, back in that era, it was one, one class, and a guy like Fraunhofer wins it multiple times. Um, there was many guys like that that could win you know, it didn't matter. Small school, big school. It didn't matter at all. They just, they were hammers. And, and how many guys, we all know how this is. Like one section's more deep than another. Like I'm sure there's one section in New York that's just stupid loaded. And how many guys got like second or third that were maybe like junior All-Americans or like, you know, could have been state champs anywhere. You start looking at Long Island and you could, you can go down some serious rabbit holes. Those guys are so good and they're so dense in population, right? Um, and so if you're sec- back in the day, if you were second or third, you just nobody ever heard of you. And you <laughs> never heard of you. Never heard of you. And you guys went on to make, you know, make their way. Um, they would find it, but it's just uh it was hard. It was really hard to 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 get it done. But yeah. Do they do uh, team champs in New York? Has there been any like legendary teams? So, so one of the things that I was really vocal about was creating a dual meet state championship. And uh, several years ago, they, they enacted it uh, and they, they listened because if I, I thought it was, we were really missing the boat with that and they do it now. And it is one of the best things that the state does. They love it. And it's a small school, big school championship. They always, they, they, also have you know scoring at the state individual tournament as mm-hmm. well and is that still one division in new york no we have two and so when covid hit and we didn't have a state championship i i ran one of them in pennsylvania <laughs> created right? one and and we brought it to pennsylvania so we had the new york state championships in pennsylvania and every good guy the lion's share of all of the 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 veteran guys decorated guys participated it was not a it it was not a fraud right it was a legit tournament and we did a single class and it was the first time i think in 17 years that that had happened so single class it was a hammer tournament and people loved it and that's when you guys were practicing under tents yeah, that's exactly right. We had multiple guys come out of that tent to go uh, wrestle Division One. Brock Del Signor, 
Dorfman's wrestling at Virginia, Stein's wrestling at UTC, Shell's wrestling at Buffalo, Crooks is wrestling at Harvard, and you got um, I think there was one other, there's a couple others. Oh, Reed Reed Douglas wrestles at Presbyterian, uh, and then other guys went D three, um, Rosini at Oswego. I mean, like there's, it it was really just and there wasn't a lot of guys we just were hammering it outside in a tent and in october in new york it gets kind of cool yeah i mean that's that's what i love about you you're just always making things happen pulling things together and what's the what's the event coming up in bethlehem college duels yes so about 20 something years ago i had an idea that i wanted to do like a dual jamboree dual meets I really love dual meets and I wanted high end teams to participate in it. Um, I like good dual meet matches. I don't necessarily care if the teams are ranked teams. I just want good duels. So just competitive duels. And so we started the Northeast duels. Um, and when I started that process, I was told you're crazy. It's never going to work. Um, and we did, it worked. And it was an awesome uh, run. And then COVID kind of kind of squashed it a little bit, a little bit before COVID, but we started getting into doing the round robins. Teams didn't necessarily to want, they didn't like, I'll call it like it is. Nobody wants to wrestle anybody, right? They were they were like, yeah, I don't know. I don't Is that real? That these <laughs> these big time coaches don't want to wrestle their schools? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, and there's reasoning behind it. And none of it is bad. It's the truth that they have deep schedules. If you're in the Big Ten, what the hell do you want to sign up for to, to see Virginia Tech, you know, in November, right? Uh, and not not everybody, but like that's the sometimes the mentality. You I mean you you gotta peak, right? At the end, it's what really matters. But and then you're trying to mix these two worlds where, you know what people may want to see and then what's the benefit for the team. So nobody's really wrong at all. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to try. And so we started this process and went back to it this year and we're doing it in the Lehigh Valley. So we're in Bethlehem. We're in a high school that seats 3000 people. I think we can, we can do some damage there and fill it up pretty good. We got a pep band coming um you know spirit band and we got we got some really good um matchups you know snyder's coming home right brian snyder's from the valley he's coming home he's going to be a part of it you got labriola in there right he's going to be a part of it uh there's a there's a bunch of guys i know you know my brother recruits extensively out of uh pennsylvania so you got you got some really you got the hometown factor you know, hometown crew coming in, and you got some big matches. You got three real big marquee matches where you got Nebraska versus NC State. You got Lehigh versus Oklahoma. And you got Rutgers versus Arizona State. And then, you you know, you got some matches like Nebraska versus Army or Long Island versus sacred heart gonna be a good duel right it, it may not have a ton of ranked guys in but it's gonna be a, a competitive duel it's gonna be parody right and and that's 
there's it's pretty cool. Uh, NC State's going to wrestle Lockhaven. That'll be a good scrappy match. You know, Scott Moore always does a good job. He gets these guys ready and ornery and mean and tough. So you got a lot of those. That's happening. And then the day after, we do a round robin event um, where we, we've we kind of done a really good job at mastering elaborate, um, like modified round robins. And so like an individual tournament on Sunday or in Saturdays, yep. the duels. Okay. Got it. Yeah. It's a, it's a unique event though. The, the round Robins, we, we're, we lead the way, I think in the country at, at, at producing an event like this, because, you know, when you look at what you have with a, an open, there's a lot of ambiguity. What time will we end? How many matches are the matches going to count non D one and, and things like that. Um, we get everybody three to four matches. We're done by 2.30. Have a nice day. Beautiful. Like quality and kind. The A's and the B's wrestle each other. And the, the B's and the C's wrestle each other. Of developing guys with developing guys. And and a, you know guys that are veteran guys wrestling veteran guys. So we do we work hard at that. It's a, it's a pain. But we get through it. And the, the reason you do it is to bring this d1 wrestling level to your area so your kids can see it is it, or you're going to pennsylvania this time so it's not new york so, i guess that's so why how is- this all started and it's true you know so five days later uh, or six days later in albany new york iowa's coming to town right oh, i was making a stop at army and then after army they were kind enough to drive down the the northway another hour and a half and wrestle in albany and they're going to wrestle Buffalo and Sacred Heart. NC State's going to wrestle Illinois and Central Michigan. You got Castleton, which is in the closest D3 team. They're going to they're in Castleton, Vermont. They're going to wrestle the College of New Jersey. Um, and Dude, so look at you go. You got, you got Buffalo's wrestling Illinois. I mean, you got some really good. There's going to be some good matches, right? And we're you got to see it if you want to be it. You know, you got to get in there and, and actually see it and aspire to be it. And there's no better way. And I'm going to go to a meeting tonight at seven o'clock um, and it'll have all the programs for our area. And I'm going to I'm going to light them up. I'm going to light them up and say, you know, and it, it's going to get uncomfortable um, because, you know, people are busy. We're all busy. Um, you and I included. And we just if we don't make it a point to do it. Other things will 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 fill the void. And it's a disservice, I think, if we don't really go out of our way to bring the youth to see that. And when I say youth, it's everything from, you know, peewees up to, to high school. They got to see it. And they'll never forget it. I mean, just to watch a, a Division One guy warm up or like just, you know, get see him on the bench. It's exciting, you know, to, and to see it up close. So the truth is. 2008 was the last time the entire Iowa team was in the state of New York. I'm not talking about wrestling at, at Madison square garden for the NCAA tournament. I'm talking about dual meet Albany area, upstate New York. It was 2008. And so what are we going to wait? You, you know, if we let this opportunity pass, there's people that maybe go their whole lifetime and never get to see it again, unless you get on an airplane and and go fly out to you know either Penn State where they're and you got to try to get a ticket for that. Good luck, you know if 
if you don't have a connection there or go to Iowa, right, to see that stuff. Um, and so we're bringing it here. You got to, we got to seal the deal. You got to seal the deal. Even people like, like Tom Ryan, he talks about when he was a freshman at Hofstra, Iowa wrestled Penn, I believe, and just, or Penn State. And he said just to go and watch them. He had never watched Iowa in a dual meet. And so he wanted to go watch, even though he was at Hofstra. And just the excitement of watching, I think it was Branson and Steve Martin that year, um, or Jimmy Martin, one of the two. He said it was amazing. And that influenced him to go there. And so you think about even one kid sees that and, you know, they're around Spencer Lee. It's like, could impact their whole life. Very cool. Let me ask you this before we wind down. You mentioned Albany a couple of times, and I just can't stop thinking about the year the NCAs were there. Who was behind that initiative to get the NCAs in Albany? That's a good question. I think I know in our own wrestling community, Jack Lombard was um, was a guy. He's a Queensbury coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach, um, New York State chapter, upstate, and he um, he was instrumental in getting the the proper people involved to say let's consider having this at albany when you look at the way things are today i don't know if we win that battle you know in present day but we were really lucky to have it in albany new york just small arena you know it was a it was a real intimate environment yeah that, that was a... won, Cal won his, his fourth title there mm-hmm. and i think that was also the year that espn was following iowa around for the season and uh, that's a- what a great documentary. Oh my, oh my God. That was awesome. And it was, Zadik such a, was a, again, Zadok in there. Yeah. His parents were the stars of that show. They really That's were. Right. That's right. Well, Frank, it's always great to have you on. You're welcome at any time, man. I last want to congratulate you. Every time I look, there's a new news segment on you, but you know, I, I noticed there was something uh, recently. What was that about? I just got word that I'm, I'm going to go into the, the national wrestling hall of fame for the order of merit which is uh, obviously a, 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 you know, it's a, it's a real blessing and a, a great recognition from the hall. Congrats, man. That is incredible and long overdue in my opinion, but I mean, order of merit, that's a huge honor. And I'm sure you're in, uh, you know, all kinds of organizations and associations, but that's Cooperstown. That's right. Cooperstown in, in our world, that's, a, that's his, and the, the, the beauty is like, get to go back to Stillwater uh, where my brother's career really started. And, and that's what gave me um, such tremendous opportunity because I met guys like Pat Smith. I had no idea, you know, I knew him from as a wrestler, but that started my journey really with um, um, building those relationships with guys like Pat Smith, John Smith. And then from there uh, subsequently it, it branched out, but yeah, that's where it started. That car ride with Pat Smith. I'll never forget that story. Neither will I, because I lived it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Coach Papalizio. And uh, if there's anything we can do for you, just let us know. You guys, well, you guys, you do a great job. You're the best (laughs) in the game. Appreciate it, man. I I really do. It's an honor. And like you, man, we're just out here scrapping. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life with Frank Papalizio. This episode was brought to you by Beat the Street Chicago. Please go to btschicago.org slash donate to help Chicago youth experience the life-changing power of wrestling. For all past episodes, please go to wrestlingchangemylife.com. And that's it, folks. We'll see you next week on Wrestling Changed My Life.